Yes, sir. Welcome to the Volbros. My name is Evan. This is my brother. Don't push me. <laughs> Don't push me, Nate. <laughs> uh, we are two Volbros who are actually bros in real life. And my goodness, it's been a huge weekend on Rocky Top. So much has been happening. And we're going to talk all about it right here tonight. Oh, I forgot to turn my lights on behind me. There we go. Um, so we hope that you all are having a fantastic evening. We hope that you're warm because, baby, it's cold outside. Uh, so, Rustin, what was your initial thoughts about yesterday's win over the Crimson Tide? Well, first of all, I think you need to say that in National Lampoon's voice. So it needs to be like, don't throw me down, clock. Um, it's like, don't push me, Nate. Um <laughs> I I was honestly stunned. Um, <clears throat> I thought we'd play well. We always play well at home, but I have never seen us go out against a big time opponent and just essentially push them around for all 40 minutes. And, you know, <clears throat> we were plus 15 in turnovers, um, you know, against a it's team hard to lose when you're like that. Yeah, against a team that loves to play on the perimeter, loves to play wide open, we made them look absolutely silly at times. I mean, they on three different occasions, I went back and watched again to count, on three different occasions, they just threw the ball out of bounds. Yeah. Like, sure I had no idea who they were passing it to, just chucked it out of bounds. Um, it, it was crazy impressive to watch, and... I know everybody's going to focus on Dalton and Jonas and Jordan showing back up and Z and they should, but I'm going to tell you right now, Santiago Vescovi had a heck of a ball game and, yeah. and Jonas, they do a large amount of Jonas's points are credit to Santi setting him up for easy baskets. Yeah. Um, and then finding him in the right spot. And, Santi, the stat sheet isn't going to show it, but he had a whale of a game. Yeah, he definitely did, even defensively. I mean, there was one possession in particular. He was guarding Sears. Sears couldn't get a shot off against him. Like he, he, uh, Sonny showed up big time. Oh, they all did. I mean, that was easily, easily the most complete game of the season, uh, especially regular season. You might can make a case that the Michigan State, well, no, Michigan State game wasn't better because they didn't play as well defensively. And that was a, you know, for those of you thinking they didn't even play Michigan State, it was a preseason game, an exhibition game. Um, I, I mean that 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 was the most complete game we've seen them play all year. It was fantastic. You know, it's a good day when people are talking about Dalton Connect and they're going, he didn't really shoot the ball that well, and he had twenty five points. You know, <laughs> like he had seventeen points in the first half. Yep. So. You know it's a good day when that's happening. Uh, I agree with you with what you referenced there a minute ago. I thought it was absolutely huge that Jordan Ganey returned. And the the, the guy that they thought they were getting showed up. Um, made three threes in the first half. Man, I was so pumped up for him. because and I, and I tweeted this out during the game. You know the last two months have been hardest on him more than anybody else mentally because he knows what he can do. And it's, I'm sure he's been incredibly frustrated because I'm sure he's seeing shots go through in practice and he gets out there in the game and they just weren't falling. And yesterday, finally, we got to see him connect on some threes. And man, I was so excited for him. 
I was fist pumping in the air. I was pumped up, man, especially when that third one went down. So it was awesome. Listen, if he shows up like that every game off the bench, <laughs> they're not going to lose. I mean, like that's that's a whole different ball ball team when you can bring in a dude off the bench and have him score, you know, double digit points. Uh, can on a can, if he does that consistently, man. I mean, that's just it was it was a fantastic win. And and Jonas Adu, he is having the season of his his life right now. Uh, his touch around the rim is just incredible. Yeah, absolutely incredible. And to your point about Santi creating for him. I know it sounds weird and people might think, why are you choosing that time? But I think the most important three minute stretch of the game was it was like in the first half between just under 11 minutes left to play in the half and eight minutes to play in the half. They brought Dalton out of the game and brought Santi back in the game. And during that time, Santi, that's when he was, dribble in the middle of the paint, making interior bounce passes to Adu for buckets right at the rim. Um, there was like two or three straight possessions, two back-to-back possessions actually, where that happened. Santi drove the, the lane, bounced past it to Adu. We had an easy bucket at the rim. The fact that they could, you know, if you're Alabama, you see Dalton go to the bench. You're like, okay, this is our chance. We can We can make a little run here. We can score some buckets, and they don't have their primary score on the court. And Tennessee responds by coming down and consistently scoring possession after possession. Uh, that was huge. That sent a message that we don't have to have Dalton for this. We can score all over the court with a bunch of different guys. Um, that was a huge pivotal moment in that game, and I think you know it was a, a huge uh, momentum s- swing to the Vols that we don't have to have our leading scorer right now. We're going to consistently score without him too. That's demoralizing if you're Alabama at that point. So, and then they, you know, go down the other end of the court and Alabama, like you said, is throwing the ball just out of bounds because the defensive pressure is so hard. So those are my main takeaways from the game. Um, Let's see what some of the folks are saying in the comments here. Can I add one thing? I just sat here and it hit me and I just sat here tallying it up. You know, Santi and Jamai are basically sharing a spot right now. They're they're pretty much the same player as far as roles go. Those two guys yesterday combined for 18 points, nine assists, seven rebounds, three steals, and 11 deflections. You can get that kind of production out of your three spot. You can do a lot of things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so Zach, welcome Zach. Good to have you, buddy. He said we beat Georgia, Florida, and Bama. Life is good right now. VFL, cry, tie, cry. <laughs> Amen, brother. That was a, that's a good three games right there. Uh, Elijah said this team is a different level, kind of good. Top five defense and just outscored the number one offense in the country by twenty. With um, their leading scorer having an off night, <laughs> and he still yeah. dropped twenty five. Yeah. Um, I want to see before I say that. You know, I'm I'm putting all my eggs in the basket here with the balls. I want to see him be consistent. We saw we we saw them consistent yesterday, and that was awesome. Uh, I want to see like two or three straight games here where there's no. Well, I guess we've seen two when they played Mississippi State. There was a lull, scoring lull there for a little bit, but uh, and you know when we played um, Georgia, there was a. Well, it was. 
Dalton. That's why why we won. Um, so I want to see more consistency out of everybody. If they listen, the team that played yesterday, no one in the country is going to beat that team. Nobody. Uh, because if you have that much scoring from and that incredible defense from everybody like that, nah, nobody's beating that team. Uh, so let's hope that that team consistently shows up. Uh, but that's been, you know, the the one flaw the past couple of years is lack of consistency. So let's hope that they keep showing up like that. Uh, Zach said, I missed the score by two. I said, well, you, now that's uh, you're right, Zach. And so on Thursday night, Zach said, we're going to win by 22. And I was like, man, I hope so. But I don't think it'll be that much. I, said, I think we'll win, but it'll be close. Well, no, Zach was right. Uh, he was he was almost spot on. Uh, Oreo Puppy Dog said, go be garnge. I want to beat Kentucky bad. Absolutely. Kentucky has a new player now. That's seven foot two guy, I think. is I can't pronounce his name. He's um, seven three. Oh, seven three. So uh, I definitely can't pronounce his name. I can tell you that much right now. Um but dude hit four threes, I think, yesterday. So that's impressive. So uh, that'll be that game just got a little bit tougher for sure. Uh, Eric said, What's up, Evan and Rustin? Good to have you, Eric. He said, uh, It's good to be a Vol fan in Tennessee. Absolutely, man. Tennessee smoked Alabama yesterday. And today, Lance Hurd and the Polynesian guy both committed to our Vols. Mm-hmm. Go Big Orange. Yep, we're going to talk about that uh, here in just a little bit, actually. Two commits today, one probably coming tomorrow. Um, so we're going to talk all about that here in just a moment. Uh, Elijah said, also very happy for gaining. Totally agree, man. He said he needed a game like this one badly. Amen, brother. You're exactly right. Elijah said, a dude, top five big man in the country. It is hard to deny that right now, actually. Um, I mean, he is consistently near 20 points a game, it seems like, over the last, especially in SEC play. He has been fantastic uh, offensively and defensively, but as particularly on the offensive end, like I said, the thing that's improved the most about him, uh, my dad and I were talking about this during the game. The thing that was most improved about Jonas is his touch around the rim. I mean, it's just, it's incredible how, how much better he's gotten. Oreo Puppy Dog said, Ganey finally played. Yep. Brent, welcome, Brent. Good to have you, buddy. Uh, he said, hi, fellas. Quiet 25 from Dalton. And isn't that awesome that we can say it was a quiet 25? Uh, Reverend Barnes praising Mayshack. Ganey's back. Bammer having a week in basketball and football. That's very true. Uh, he said, good to be of all. Absolutely, buddy. Absolutely. Total aside, did you see the kid from from Bama that just signed with Florida and what he tweeted out? No. He 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 plays defensive back. Um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He wasn't a starter, uh, but he's, you know, he's played some. Um announced he's going to Florida and tweeted out, finally get to play for my dream school. Dysfunction much? (laughs) Uh, Let's see how long you last at Florida. You might be in the transfer portal pretty soon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Papa Jay. Welcome, Papa Jay. Good to have you, buddy. He said, yes, Adu is playing so well. Hope he keeps it up through March. Amen. Absolutely. Uh, he said Vescovy played much better, but he needs his touchback. Uh, he made a couple shots yesterday, so that was exciting to see. Uh, that was good to see for him. Uh, Brant said, would y'all agree it's Vols, Kentucky, and Auburn for the conference title 100%? Uh, and honestly, I think it's a coin toss. All three of those ga- all, all three of those teams right now, <clears throat> I think you can make <clears throat> I think you can make a case that those three teams in Connecticut, right now are the four best teams in America. 
Um, they are all playing lights out. And, and Memphis has lost back-to-back games now. Yep. And again tonight. Yep. Um, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the thing about those three teams on the screen there, Vols, Kentucky, and Auburn, uh, if one team has an off-shooting night, they lose. To the, I mean, I'm seeing, like, if those three teams were to play each other in a series of games, so the Vols are playing Auburn or Vols play Kentucky or Kentucky's playing Auburn. If if who if one of those teams when they're playing each other has an off night shooting they're going to lose because the other teams will just flat, be able to flat out outscore them. Um, I mean those those are three very versatile teams there, so we'll see what happens. Um, but totally agree those are easily the three that are one of them is going to win the conference title. One of them may win the national championship. There's I yeah mean, for sure. Kentucky is to Kentucky is crazy athletic. Now that they have Eva Sitch in, um, they, I mean, I don't know who you guard him with. Um, he's, yeah. he's a problem. Um, you know, cause they don't, they won't really put him inside. He floats around the perimeter. So Jonas can't go out there and guard him. Um, Auburn is maybe the deepest team in America. They go 10 deep without losing any talent at all. I was listening to uh, Bruce Pearl the other day on an interview talking about he's not so sure which it, which five is better, his starting five or his back five. Um, he plays them equal minutes. They all play the same. He literally plays 10 guys equal minutes, and he's got three in his second five. He's got three seniors, one of which is a super senior. So they are, I mean, crazy deep veteran team. They play insanely hard. Um, it's it's like watching it's like watching Bruce's teams at Tennessee. They they play defense with their hair on fire. Um, it's it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. The, the, us Kentucky and Auburn are all really strong programs. Uh, Evan, welcome, Evan. Good to have you, buddy. Evan is an Alabama fan, so he's joining us tonight. He said, we couldn't guard Adu. Turnovers killed us. Tennessee elite on both sides of the ball. Well, I respect that, Evan. I totally agree with you. Um, it was it, Jonas had a really good game down low. Uh, like I said, his touches improved so much. Um, turnovers were a big Im, you know, impact on that game. And you know, credit Tennessee's defense for playing so well. Um, but I agree with you, man. I appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Uh, Elijah said, if Barnes is ever going to get to a final four, this has to be the year. This is probably the best team he will ever have at Tennessee. Uh, it's hard to argue with that. I mean, uh, as far as like veteran leadership, uh, scoring ability, uh, I mean, defensively, I mean, that there's, they're a complete team. Um, you know, it was interesting. Michigan state is playing so well right now. And you think back and Tennessee beat them on their home court. Uh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, I noticed. Yeah. So Wisconsin in that bracket, Joel and Artie's bracketology thing yesterday that they put on the screen during the game. Um, Tennessee was a projected two seed by Lenardi. Well, so is Wisconsin. And Tennessee beat Wisconsin on Wisconsin's home court this year. I mean, so they have some very, very impressive wins. Um, looking forward to seeing what they do. Brant said announcers have had a love fest over that new Croatian at Kentucky. Yep. Dude's a player, man. Like, yeah, he's, he's really good. good. They, he they is better a enjoy, nightmare. 
they better enjoy the next three months because he won't be there after that. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, he, uh, I mean, he'll be a top three pick. Um, if not the number one pick. So, I mean, dude is very versatile. Uh, I mean, he hit four threes. He's seven foot two or three and hit four threes. So, I mean, that's nice to have. Uh, let's see. Tony, welcome, Tony. Good to have you, buddy. He said, I love the Vols, but Kentucky or Auburn will probably win the SEC regular season. It hurts me to say that. I hate Kentucky. <laughs> the one thing we do have going, the one thing we do have going for us, we only play Auburn once and it's in Knoxville. Not having to go to the barn is a big deal. Uh, Zach said, nobody can touch Tennessee at all. <laughs> Zach, you're the man, dude. You're the man. He said, I got a good play of the game and player. That's what I'm talking about. Zach's ready. He knows the drill. Um, oh, I just, just said the same thing you did. He said, I'm so glad we only play Auburn once and it's at home. Um Zach said, yeah, Rustin, do you still believe Memphis would give Tennessee a good game? Yes. Memphis is crazy talented. They are wildly athletic. Um, just because they've hit a little slump right now doesn't mean that they're not still a really good team. And I can promise you they're the last people you want to see if they get hot. If they get hot, they're going to make a tear. Uh, Tony said, my best lineup is Zakai, Vescovy, Meshack, Connect, and Adu. I mean, that's pretty that's pretty good four right there five right there um how about the lineup how about the lineup they went with for a little while with Josiah and Dalton as post players and Freddie Dillion uh Jemai Meshack and Zakai Ziegler at the guards so I thought the same thing when, I, when the game was happening I was like that's an unusual lineup they got in right now <laughs> But it, it gave Bama problems. Like they clearly weren't sure how to guard it because nobody's ever seen it. So they hadn't scouted or prepared for it. And they clearly kind of struggle with what are we supposed to do with this? Yeah. Uh, Zach said, that's not the answer, Russ. And the answer is no. <laughs> uh, let's see, Ricky. So Ricky just combined a Penny Hardaway and a Nate Oates reference into one uh one comment he said we stayed in the same hotel as alabama this weekend i made sure the kids watched out for nate oats coming at us with balled up fists <laughs> shoving your kids around that's what, that's what'll happen there <laughs> oh, i like that ricky was at the game uh ricky uh, was up in knoxville with his family for a, a tournament so while they were up there he went to the game um tell us about that atmosphere ricky tell us how how awesome it was I do, I do think it's a little hypocritical of the SEC that Tony Vitello gets a three-game suspension for bumping an umpire, but Nate Oates can put his hands on an opposing player and gets yeah. nothing. Yeah, and I mean he barely, you know, shoved him at all. He barely even pushed him, but he just didn't can't touch him. Yeah. Can't touch him. Yeah, that's that's cardinal rule number one. Absolutely. Uh, Elijah said, Lenardi has Tennessee as the first two seed. This is the year we get that one seed. I, I mean, I hope so. You know, it all just depends on how they do. Um, really, I mean, if they get upset in the, you know, the first game and that, that they play in the SEC tournament, then that could knock them back down to a two seed. They have to make it to at least the semifinals in the SEC tournament. If they if they're in position for a one seed, 
Because you know Purdue's going to be a one seed. You know Kansas is going to be a one seed. Probably UConn. So, I mean, if they're going to be a one seed, then they have to they have to make a run in the SEC tournament. Um, the championship game doesn't matter, as we've seen multiple times, because it's on the same day as the selection show. They've already made their mind up by then. Um, what matters is the semifinals. So that's what matters in the SEC tournament. Uh, let's see, Sam. Welcome, Sam. Good to have you, buddy. He said, Kentucky and Auburn look really good. It's going to be tough. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, Evan said, who has Auburn played? Do we think they could be overhyped? No, they're really good. They are now 16-2. and two. Um, The two games they lost, they probably shouldn't have. And they've won all 16 wins by double figures. And they beat Ole Miss yesterday like a redheaded stepchild. It was, I mean... Was it Auburn or Georgia? I mean, Georgia. Um, I mean, just just wailed on them the whole game. Yeah, um, that was that, that was what was concerning to me when I saw that because, you know, Tennessee just barely, barely snuck past Georgia. And Auburn just beat the snot out of them. Yes, they um, are very good. Uh, let's see. Brant said, you think Tobey could guard that dude from Kentucky? No. <laughs> I'm sure he'll have his chance, but whether or not he's successful is yet to be determined. Too slow. Um, Ivasich, Ivasich is the typical European phenom. He's he's lanky, he's long, but he's weirdly athletic for his size. He runs really well. Um, Tobey would struggle. I think they're probably going to have to put Dalton on him. I think that's about the only option they're going to have. You know, he's long enough; he can get his hand up and at least contest shots. He's fast enough to stay in front of him. Um, Outside of him, I don't think we have anybody else. Ricky said the atmosphere actually wasn't that great yesterday because it was never close. I get it. I understand. Um, let's see. Sam said we have to have several players shooting the ball well to beat Kentucky or Auburn. Totally agree. We have to play like we did yesterday. Um, they have to. They have to all show up and and you know be hitting shots. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, it was it was Ole Miss yesterday. They beat Ole Miss eighty two to fifty nine. So who did who did Georgia play? Because I saw Georgia got their tail singing to them. Maybe that was Kentucky. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was Kentucky. Um, they got they got waxed by Kentucky too. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Zach said, "Mark it down. We win by thirty versus Memphis if we play them." I <laughs> uh, love it. That's what I'm talking about. Elijah said, I'm not sold on Kansas. I could see them dropping to a three seed. I agree. Uh, Zach said, we cut down the nets in the SEC tournament. I mean, very possibly, absolutely. Kansas has been Kansas has been wildly inconsistent. I'm, I'm, I agree. I'm not sold on them either. Well, I mean, we should have beat Kansas. We just had that long stretch where we couldn't hit a shot. If we hit any shots in that amount of time, we would have won the game. Uh, let's see. Uh, Nate still should have got a tech on that push. Kind of shocked with the refs and the huddle and the no call. Yeah, I mean, totally agree. Yep. Like you, you just can't touch a player. Like it's an opposing team's player. No doubt about it. Um, yeah, Elijah was. Yeah, they were telling telling me who was playing who. Uh, let's see. Eric said, I believe Tennessee will be able to get Auburn in Knoxville, but I think Tennessee will struggle against Kentucky, especially with that new big guy Kentucky has. 
Seven foot three hitting four threes is elite. Yeah, 100%. Totally agree. Uh, that dude's a player, man. Uh, Tennessee will have to everybody show up. And, I mean, listen, if there was a team that's going to put defensive pressure on another team, it's Tennessee. So, you know, with Tennessee's defense, no matter where they're playing, defense travels. And you can keep yourself in a game, no doubt, with defense. Uh, Steve, welcome, Steve. Good to have you, buddy. He said uh, he was telling Ricky that it was not what he said wasn't true. This game was close at the tip off. <laughs> and then it got quickly not close. Um, and it, it was wonderful to watch. Uh, Sam said junior day recruits of the game commented on the atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, you know, that was had to have been an impressive atmosphere as far as the, the amount of people in there. Listen, there are not many places in the country that uh, students will go and they walk into Neyland Stadium at the beginning of the day and they're like, man, this place is huge. And then they walk over to Thompson Bowling Arena and it's 21,000 people in there packed, sold out with, you know, lights going all over the gym and stuff like that. There's not many places in the country where you'll walk into that environment. So it's hard to ignore that if you're a recruit right now. Um, Tri-Cities Vol said he's not sold on Houston either. I uh, totally understand that. They've definitely had uh, some lack of consistency so far this year. Uh, they seem to be playing better as of late, but, um, you know, the same concern you have with the Vols. It's, it's just being consistent. Uh, Eric said, I agree, Evan, if there's a defensive team that can shut Kentucky down, it's definitely Tennessee. Um, Elijah said he's also not sold on Houston. They haven't played anyone. And when they have played a decent team, they lost. Uh, so he said, I could easily see us being a one seed, but that's assuming that we don't lose for the rest of the season, really. Um, maybe like if we lose one more game, we still might be able to eke out a one seed. I think I think every single team in the top ten is going to lo- lose at least one more game. Uh, uh, there's so much parity at the top, and they all can lose to anybody on any any given day. Oh, yeah. um, you know, I I think I think every single team in the top ten is going to lose at least one more game. Uh, Sam said Tennessee's going to need the freshman center to play Kentucky. Uh, I'm assuming JP Estrella is who Sam's referring to. Um, I mean, I think there, there's going to be a bunch of different people that get a chance to defend uh, whatever that guy's name is. I don't know. I can't pronounce Vladimir it. Vladimir Ivasich. Yeah, that guy. Uh, V.I. I'm going to call him V.I. <laughs> uh, I just came up with a nickname for every person on the Internet speaking about Kentucky's basketball team. Uh, V.I. That's all you got to call him. Um, so when people guard V.I., that everybody's going to have a chance. Because, I mean, at that point, you're just like, all right, we'll see what works, you know. Uh, so, let's do our um, – yeah, Elijah said JP has been looking really good recently. Can't wait to see him in two to three years. Best take of the night right there, Elijah. Fantastic. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Rustin, do you want to do play or player first? Whatever you want. Hey, look at this. Cassie, welcome. Five. Cassie, you, are, you are fifth female viewer thank you so much our numbers are growing that's what i'm talking about uh welcome cassie it's good to have you she said do we get to play kentucky twice or once this year it should be twice a home and away 
Yeah. But I'd, I'd second, have to but... verify on the schedule just to make sure. I'll tell you. Just hang on one second. But it's great to have you, Cassie. That's awesome. Uh, Zach said uh, they only the only thing we we're going to lose our minds because we're bringing home a championship to Knoxville. Love it. Oh, Ricky. Ricky said twice. Yeah, um, February third. Yeah, February third. We're in Lexington, and then March 9th, last regular season home game is Kentucky. Yeah. I thought it should be twice since, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ricky said, Meshack on VI. Hey, it's, it's catching on already. It's already happening. He's using right. VI to talk about him. The fastest way to get inside a seven-footer's head is put some dude all around his knees. They they don't like that. They don't, they don't like feeling like they're being undercut. Shaq's one of the guys who might be able to really cause him some massive head games. So Cassie, thank you so much for that question. That's awesome. And thank you for joining us. Uh, let's see. Sam said that top SEC teams have a lot of depth. Yes, they do. All three teams we're talking about right now, for sure. Um, Tony Auburn, said, I th- Auburn might be the deepest of the three. Uh, Tony said, I think we end up a three seed. Maybe. I mean, uh, we've seen them do weird yeah. things, Tennessee, and before. Strength if, of if schedules. They, unless we just have a rough month. I just don't see that. Right. Our, our strength of schedule is so high. Um, and and we know the committee puts a ton of validity in the strength of schedule. That really matters to them. But, I mean, when you think about it right now, we're the sixth seed in the country. Um, the three seeds, in theory, are teams 9 through 12. So, I mean, that's only three spots lower than what we are right now. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's it's. I possible. still think I still think Houston will finish below us. I think North Carolina will finish below us. I think Kansas might finish below us. Um, I just I, I think I think it's still way too early. Uh, when they threw those projections up on screen, I was like, that might be the greatest reach ever. Like these guys <laughs> literally lose every week. It that was completely for ratings. So Papa Jay said, so if we beat Auburn, do we throw barbecue bottles on the court? <laughs> yes. That's <laughs> pretty good. We need you to um, do some research and find out Bruce's favorite barbecue place. Yeah. Uh, Elijah said one SEC team, maybe two will be in the final four. Book it. Very possible. Yeah. yeah. Depending on totally how the agree. brackets fall, I think that's highly probable, actually. Tristanis Vol said we'll move up to at least fifth in the next AP poll, which comes out tomorrow. Yep. Uh, those those AP polls always come out on Mondays. Um, let's see here. Uh, all right, so you want to do play or player of the game first? Either one. Doesn't matter. Uh, let's do play. Okay. What was your play of the game? Mine was completely inconsequential, um, but um, I was like mine last time. (laughs) Yeah, but I felt like it summarized the entire day perfectly. Um, With two minutes left in the game, Tennessee switching every screen, and somehow Jonas Adu ends up one on one against Mark Sears, and Adu gets up on him and invites him to drive, and Mark Sears took the bait and attacked the basket, tried to go up with a reverse layup, and Jonas 
violently threw the ball back in his face. <laughs> and and honestly, I think the refs missed it. I think it actually ricocheted off of Sears out of bounds. They gave the ball back to Alabama. But it really looked like he tomahawked that thing right off Sears' body out of bounds. Um, but I thought it was the perfect summary of the whole day. You know, you get your best player on our big, and we just invite you to come try to score and then just throw it in your face. Yep. Absolutely. It was beautiful. So I had an almost play of the game that if it had happened, it would have been on sports center top 10 yesterday, next week, they'd still be talking about it. There was one play in the first half where things were breaking down. It was not a good offensive possession. And uh, no, it was early in the second half. That's what it was. Yeah. Cause they were on the, the other end of the court. On, and so not, not a good possession. Things are breaking down and Zakai starts driving to his right. And out of the corner of his eye, he sees Jonas pointing up like that. And so Zakai throws one up to him and, you know, it was not a good alley-oop pass which is why if he had caught it and dunked it, it would have made it so incredible because the ball was probably about four feet away from the goal, maybe a little bit more. And to Jonas's credit, he almost got it. And he, it went right off his fingertips, but if he had reached way back, I mean, we're talking like, you remember in 92, that Grant Hill alley-oop where he had to, it was a terrible pass against UNLV in the final four. He had to reach way back and catch it and then brought it down and slammed it. Um, and it's still like on all the, you know, March madness highlights and everything just because of the, the crazy athletic play that it was for Grant Hill. If Jonas, or excuse me, if Josiah had caught that alley-oop, man, uh, that would have brought the house. Ricky, the place would have collapsed on you. So I'm glad that he didn't actually, because uh, we would, we would have lost Ricky that day. Um, I mean, that, that would have been absolutely incredible because he had to, he would have had to have reached way back, caught that thing and brought it back and slammed it. So that's my almost play of the game. I wish it had happened. So then I have to narrow it down to, there were two plays that were just really, really good. Both of them were Dalton's breakaway dunks. I love it when he slams a one hawk tomahawk. I love that, but man, that first one, I got to give that first one as my play of the game. It's actually the photo that's on the the uh, thumbnail for this video <laughs> on YouTube, that breakaway dunk he had in the first half, he slammed it down with authority. And, uh, and that's, that, that's why it's on the cover. Whoever got the shot that for Vol for uh, Vol hoops, whatever photographer got that shot of him dunking it, that's on the, the thumbnail for this. And I put credit to it on the thumbnail. Whoever took that kudos to that person. Cause that was an incredible shot. Um, it was, my I brought it, man, it brought me to my feet. That was awesome. Absolutely awesome. Uh, let's see some of the, uh, Ricky said it definitely did. I had perfect view of it. So Ricky agreed with you. He said the ball went off of Sears. Yeah. Is that what you're referring to? I th I'm sure that's what he's referring yeah, to. He posted it as soon as I said it. Oh, um, Papa J said Sears had a tough game, but dude never gave up. Uh, yeah, that's true. He, I mean, he was hitting shots at the end of the game for sure. Uh, let's see. Zach said, my play is the steal by Dillion 
dunk by connect that went from a bad play to a great play. Totally agree. Uh, because you know, Freddie left his feet uh, when he made the pass. You don't leave your feet like that unless you're 100,000% confident where you know you know you're, what you're doing with the ball. But he left his feet, and he adjusted in midair um, and made the pass to Dalton. And and kudos to Freddie. It was a great pass. Like, it, it hit him in stride. Um, so I, I agree. Elijah had the same uh, play, play, connect, fast break, dunk. Absolutely. Um, Evan said, I question how healthy Sears was during the game, but I don't know that it would have mattered. There's no doubt he was not 100%, and I think we could all agree on that. Um, let's see. Oreo said, play the game was all connects dunks. Yep, both of them, absolutely. Uh, Sam said, his play of the game was the Kai's ball pressure all game long and the, and the way the team shot the ball. Absolutely. <laughs> Tri-Cities had the same, uh, same play as Zach. Steve, <laughs> did you ask Ricky how many points Joe Milton could have scored? <laughs> uh, Joe is definitely Ricky's all-time favorite uh, Vol, and so um, you know I'm sure Ricky would have loved to have seen Joe suit up a little bit. Um, it's interesting. This kind of gives you some perspective on what Joe would look like on a basketball court. Joe's the same uh, same height as Dalton. He's one inch shorter than Dalton. So that, that gives you some perspective of how big the dudes on the basketball court really are. Um, because on a football field, Joe looks like a linebacker. So, uh, Rustin, who was your uh, player of the game? And y'all let us know in the comments who your player of the game was as well. I got a tie. Um, everybody's going to go with the high scores and all that stuff. But I thought Santi and Jamai both just played lights out. And, and when they were on the court, I'd love to see what the plus or minus was when those two guys were on the court at the same time, because it had oh, to be, that would be a cool stat. It had to just be an obscene number because hey. Alabama looked horrendous when Jemai and Santi were out there together. They couldn't do anything when those two guys were on the court. Um, I guarantee you there's somebody in Tennessee's athletic department that can find that number real quick. Somebody can find it. Uh, so we, we got to put our heads together and figure out who we need to tweet and say, Hey, who did Bill Martin's the football SID. I don't think he, but he could probably find it. Cause he's the man. Like he, he can find all any, any stat like Bill knows the assist per game average of Santi's, grandmother i mean like <laughs> bill knows every stat ever so um i'm sure bill could probably find it even though he's not the basketball sid uh, my player of the game is jonas adu i mean obviously you know dalton had an incredible game everybody had incre- I almost picked jordan Ganey because i was just so happy for him but i keep going back to that three minute stretch and, you know, have about halfway through the first half where Dalton's not on the court. Dalton was scoring a lot in the first half. He has scored 17 points in the first half. Um, but he's not on the court, and yet we were consistently every possession getting baskets because Jonas Adu was putting it through the hoop every time down the court. And that was huge. I mean, that was so, so impactful in that game. 
And you're right. A lot of it was credit to Santi for setting him up with great passes right near the bucket. Um, but my, my player of the game was Jonas Adu. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, Cassie. I mean, that's exactly, that's my thoughts. Exactly. Totally agree. Cassie said, I like how the team picked up the slack when Dalton's not hitting the shots. He usually hits totally agree. Um, it was easily the best all around game by the team. No doubt. No doubt. It was the best all around game. Uh, Ricky said his player of the game was Jamai. Great choice. Great choice. Dude is a lockdown defender. He impacts the game so much just by not letting, removing 20% of the other team's offense because you got five guys on the court for them. And he essentially removes one of them from the equation defensively. And so, I mean, he he's a tremendous asset to the team. Uh, Tri-Cities Ball said Shaq and his defense on Sears all day. Totally, totally agree. Elijah said Ganey was mine. Him hitting shots gave other players open opportunities. Great point. And I'm glad somebody picked Jordan Ganey because he deserves it. Um, man, I, I was so, so thrilled uh, for him to get that monkey off his back. You know I mean? I'm sure he had been feeling the pressure of it and, and I'm, I'm just thrilled for him. Uh, and I just said crazy how complete of a game we had when our four players in the game are all different and not one was the leading score. That's a great point. And what a good point. Absolutely. Okay. Comment of the night right there. Uh, that's a good point. You know, all, you know, all these people are chiming in with who their players of the game are. Rustin and I both had who the player of the game. And not a single one of them was our leading score. You know, that's that's a great point. Very good point. Uh, Zach said Jordan Ganey was his. Or he said it, it surprised him. He said, I don't mean Jarrett Garantano. <laughs> that's true. There's a new JG in town. Evan said it should be Rylan Griffin. I think he threw the ball away 10 times. <laughs> uh, there was that one time he drove the he middle was, of the lane. He was shook. Uh, there was, there was one time he drove the middle of the lane and he tried to jump stop and man, his, he just couldn't, his foot slid probably a foot, you know, uh, on the, in the middle of the paint and got him a traveling call. Um, that was in the first half when that happened or no, that was in the second half as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, he struggled, no doubt, no doubt. Um, well, awesome day of basketball yesterday. It continued today. The Lady Vols. Uh, won today. Uh, they beat Vanderbilt 73-64, I think was the final score. Yep. Okay. Um, Elijah said Griffin wasn't ready for the big boy ball in Knoxville. Uh, another you know, important thing that happened today with the Lady Vols, this was Kelly Harper's 100th win as the head coach of the Lady Vols, so that's that's really exciting. Um, Luckily, Vanderbilt ahead. doesn't watch the Vol Bros. Um because Vandy decided to take some of their athletes and turn them into non-athletes and try to play bully ball with us, um, which is just crazy to me. Like, I, I just I, – I can't fathom how you can watch this Tennessee team play and not go, we're about to turn this into a track meet. Um, we played at times three <laughs> – at all times two bigs, at some times of the game three – almost the entire game um we played slow down rock fight pound you inside basketball and vandy just kept letting us do it rakia jackson got re-injured and didn't play the final 10 minutes of the game 
And, and, and even when she came out, Vandy didn't start trying to press and push the ball up the floor. They just kept playing walk up, slow down basketball with us. And it was like, okay, if you want to lose, that's fine. And, you know, we just slowly methodically pulled away from them in the last three minutes, um, playing slam ball. Um, it, it's, it's mind blowing to me that people can't watch us and go just turn it into a track meet. They can't run. Uh, Zach said last time people said we would struggle with connect off his game. I guess we know that we can score now. And I think that's a good point too. You know, the basketball team had to be walking away from that game going, you know, that's a really huge confidence builder for them because Dalton didn't hit as many shots as he normally does still at 25 points, but he didn't hit as many shots and they still scored 91 points. I mean, that, that's a, that's a good day. Tri-Cities Voss, a great question. He says, Rakia Jackson. Okay. Because she left the game and did not return. Um, I haven't heard anything or any update on her or anything. They haven't announced any kind of an update during the game. They said she re-aggravated whatever she injured previously. So, you know, who knows that that could be a day-to-day thing. The nice thing is they've got the same schedule as the men's team. They got a week off. So even if she just tweaks something, um, she's got time to recover. Uh, Sam said, love seeing coach Rick Barnes play so many new players. JP's developing great. Ganey had a wonderful game. Zakai pressured him into several turnovers, and Jonas is a beast. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. It, you know, that depth that they're developing is going to be very, very important in March. And it was a very important yesterday because, you know, when um, in the first half, when we got in a little bit of foul trouble there in the first half, late in the first half, uh, Jonas had to sit out. I mean, several minutes, several minutes in, in the first half. And um, despite despite him not being on the court, we kept playing very well. Uh, our defense held up. Uh, kudos to Josiah Jordan-James. Uh, he was a big part of the, the reason why we played so well when, when Jonas wasn't on the court. Because there was a while there where, like Rustin was saying earlier, Tobey and Jonas, neither one of them were on the court. Uh, JP Estrella was out there for just a minute, but for a substantial portion of the first half, second part of the first half, it was Josiah and Dalton as the four and five. And they kept extending the lead when that happened. And a lot of it was due to because Jordan Ganey was hitting shots. Um, Zakai hit a couple big shots. Santi hit a couple big shots. And because there was so much scoring threats on the floor we were okay um that was that was huge huge for that team to see all that uh let's see uh zach said that the lines and hinton hooker won they might get a super bowl ring yep there's a lot of vfls on the lines yep uh, so that, that's exciting to see them play cam sutton plays essentially every down on defense um Let's see. Elijah's uh, talking about the ladies' team. He's like, may not be a good game against South Carolina. I think that's the way everybody feels about South Carolina. It's and what he said is exactly what's going to happen. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a bloodletting. Uh, Cassie said, "Not a Lions fan, but happy for the VFLs on the lines." Absolutely, totally <clears throat> agree. That's why I'm rooting for him. Uh, that's why I'm rooting for him. Uh, it's also hard to root against Juwan, so that'll be tough next week. Um, let's see. 
Moondross Beauty. Hey, welcome, Moondross Beauty. Good to have you. Thanks for joining us. She said, Kelly said it was an asthma flare up in the press conference afterwards. Okay, hmm. that's good to know. That's hopefully, weird. that's not a, you know, hopefully that's not a, something that's going to keep her out. I mean, I'm sure she'll be back next week then. It's weird that it would keep her out for the final 10 minutes of the game. Yeah, you think like, an inhaler or something. Right. I mean, that's, that's bizarre. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tri-Cities Vol said, I thought it was a great compliment when Nate Oates said Dalton would have scored more if the game was close. Uh, I think that's a fair point. I think we would have seen them running what we saw at the end of the Carolina game where it was just like, all right, Dalton, bring the ball up and go score. You know. Uh, let's see. Rusty, good to have you, Rusty. He said, a lot of NFL Vols heading to title games next week. Absolutely. Very excited for them. Absolutely. No one's more excited than the NFL. They get another week of Tay Tay in the bin, or in the booth. They uh those ratings Man, are going was, through the roof. They're all about I was it. getting old watching that game. That was getting old. Uh you know, if 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 Travis Kelsey caught caught a pass, that's it. If he just caught a pass, immediately they showed her reaction, which I mean once or twice I get it. I understand totally. But, yeah, but every no, single time he catches the ball, I mean come but, on. But now it's not just her. Now we've got her and drunk, shirtless Jason Kelsey flying around. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, let's see. Elijah said also, shout out to DK for his defense getting better and better by the week. Very true. Very true. Uh, Moondraw Speedy said in regards to Rakia, so she didn't aggravate the previous injury. I don't think Kelly knew exactly what had happened in the interview right after the game, or maybe she did re-injure her foot but Kelly did not allude to that at all in the presser. That's good I, info. Thank you. I have no idea if she re-injured it. That's what they were saying on television in the moment. They could have been dead wrong. Um, you know, they're they're just guessing why she's in the locker room. Yep. Um, so hopefully she's okay, though, because, man, they got to have her. They absolutely have to have her. Um, well, a couple last things here that are very important. We'll end our show with, with this. Uh Everybody loves to talk about recruiting, right? Um, it's it, And I mean that wholeheartedly because it's incredible. The videos we put out, if we put out a video about recruiting, it has literally thousands of more views. <laughs> Everybody loves talking about recruiting. Well, if you like talking about recruiting, then today was your day on Rocky Top because it is now, well, I'll say it's official when classes start, but because um, – Maybe that's my batter ball syndrome flaring up in me. But uh, Lance Hurd, not only is he listed in the Tennessee student directory, he also announced today online that he is coming to Tennessee. That is tremendous. I think the fact that, and Rustin spotted this uh, before, I think really anybody did, uh, when John Campbell tweeted out his video of him uh, practicing if you go back and look at the timestamps on all the tweets talking about, you know, the, the stance that John Campbell was in, which was a right tackle stance um, in the video, I think Rustin actually from our Volbros account tweeted it out for anybody. So kudos to him for catching that. Um, so I think, you know, the, the fact that John Campbell is already practicing right tackle stance and, you know, get offs and, and movements and stuff. I think we know who the left starting left tackle Tennessee is going to be next year. Uh, it's five star Lance uh, Hurd. So, I mean that's 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 a huge deal because now when you think about the offensive line, 
you do have to at least breathe a sigh of relief because you now know that left tackle, it will, let's start at right tackle because it gets, there's one spot that's still up in the air, but at right tackle, you got John Campbell, right guard, you got Javante Spragans. So you've got six year senior, six year senior, Cooper Mays at center, six year senior, and then Lance Hurd on a left tackle. And you got to be excited about that because dude has three years eligibility left. So, I mean, like that's, that's a huge deal. The only spot that is yet to be decided really is left guard. And I mean, you, you got to figure Dane Davis is probably the front runner right now for that. Um, but who knows? I mean, who knows what'll happen? I think, um, I think we're probably waiting until a couple more coaching hires are official. And yeah, then, I'd say you're right. Yeah. And then we'll go find us a left guard. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Um, because here's the thing. Love Dane Davis. But if Dane Davis were a backup instead of a starter, that would be more comforting because as we've seen, you have to have depth at offensive line. You have to. It's not an option. You have to. And they really need more depth right there right now. Um, so getting Lance Hurd today was huge news. On the other side of the line of scrimmage, they also got a commitment from Stanford interior defensive lineman Jackson Moy, and I'm hoping I'm saying his name correct. Yeah, you are. Um, I don't think this is going to be a situation where he's going to be, you know, immediately as impactful as Omar Norman Lott was this year, but I do think he's going to provide very quality depth there. Because, uh, I mean, I personally, I think the first two guys on the field this season at, you know, the two defensive tackle spots are going to be Omari Thomas and Bryson Eason. Uh, I think they'll be the first two guys on the field. Um, what do you think about those two pickups today, Rustin? I love Jackson Moy. Um, I think he gives great depth, not just for this upcoming year, but for a couple of years. Um, you know, he's he's played big-time football against big-time players. You know, he's faced Washington. He's faced Oregon. Um, he won the job at Stanford um, at the beginning of the year. He wasn't starting, and he played all played in every game and then uh, won the starting job with six games left in the season and started the final six games. So, you know, I love I love that about him. He's played in big-time football. Uh, nothing's going to surprise him. Um, I mean, honestly, he's 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 got he's got the opportunity. I think it was a, a really wise decision by him because the three guys that are in front of him are all going to be gone after this year. So he gets the ability to play, you know, restricted snaps, keep him fresh, keep him uninjured. And then next year he gets to be the man. And so, you know, I think that's put him with David Hobbs, Tyree West. Um, you know, all of a sudden we don't skip a beat internally. Um, I'm going to reserve that's judgment. That's a great point. That's a very good point. I'm going to reserve judgment on Lance Hurd. Um, I, I'll just be blunt. I have an issue with a guy who leaves his school because he got beat out at left tackle and refuses to play right tackle and goes and jumps in the portal because I'm a left tackle, dadgummit. Um, well, John Campbell's a future NFL 10-year veteran, and he had no issue sliding from left tackle to right tackle. So hopefully this young man gets gets somebody in his ear who can talk some sense into him. Um, but 
I'm going to, I'm going to reserve, I'm going to reserve judgment. I don't, I don't like a guy who makes ultimatums about where he plays. It's like uh, the two uh, twin brothers from Kentucky and their dad, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, Rusty said gaining was awesome yesterday. Well, actually, before we get to those comments, let's talk, let's finish that. I will, I will add this too. watching the Polynesian bowl. If anyone doubts the level of recruiting ability that this staff has, they're idiots. Mike, (laughs) Mike Matthews went out there and torched a bunch of all Americans to be offensive MVP of the Polynesian bowl. Bennett Warren, Back-to-back offensive MVPs at the Polynesian Bowl now. Bennett Warren was a man among boys. He was tearing everybody up at offensive line. And if they were being honest, they would have given offensive MVP and defensive MVP to Tennessee players. But they didn't want to do that because that looks bad. So Jordan Ross got shafted for defensive MVP, but every person who was there at practice all week, every person who watched that kid said he was hands down the best defensive player on the field. So. Yeah. I mean, if you're a Tennessee fan, you can't not be super excited about just watching the defense play next year because you got six edge rushers that you can just be like, okay, go get them guys. (laughs) You can put any two of them out there and just be like, have fun, you know? Um, I mean, like it's going to be, it's going to be so much fun watching Tennessee's defense next year for that reason alone. Um, so the last bit of recruiting news, Jake Merklinger, I mean, I'm sorry, I just I said not Jake Merklinger, George McIntyre, um, the next quarterback, uh, George McIntyre, he was actually supposed to announce last week. Didn't happen. I think all the issues with the weather and, you know, he wanted people to be able to be there at his school. So with all the issues with weather, he didn't announce. So he postponed it to Saturday. Well, then he didn't do it then either because he was at Tennessee. <laughs> he was sitting in the stands with Josh Heupel watching Tennessee beat Alabama. So tomorrow morning is now when it's supposed to be. Uh, George McIntyre, five-star quarterback uh, from right here in the state of Tennessee. Um, he is announcing – uh, where he is going to school tomorrow morning. He goes to Brentwood, right? Brentwood Academy, right? That's what I thought. Yep. And so, um, you know, obviously a, a big deal. If you have a five-star quarterback in your state and you're a leading program in the country, top 11 wins all time, you got to get that guy. I mean, like that's – and you have a, a coach who is a known quarterback guru. If you don't get that guy, <laughs> something's wrong. I mean, like, you got to get him. And so he was choosing between Tennessee and Alabama, and Alabama's entire offensive staff is gone. And the day before his announcement, he was sitting in the lower bowl next to Josh Heupel. I think tomorrow is kind of a foregone conclusion. It does look beneficial to the Vols. (laughs) It does seem to be leaning towards the orange team in that one. Um, So... I mean, here's the thing. If they get him, that's five-star Nico uh, Iamaleava. I got it. Um, And then that's uh, four-star George McIntyre and five-star – I just flipped it. Four-star Jake Merklinger and five-star 
George McIntyre in consecutive years. I mean, come on. That is next level elite recruiting. That's like what that's like what Lincoln Riley was doing at Oklahoma while he was there at the quarterback position. I mean, like that's just you can't you can't top that. That's really, really good stuff. And that sets Tennessee up for success for years and years to come. So another big day tomorrow. Um, let's just hope that, you know, Rustin has said this repeatedly on this show. The goal is to get a two-year gap as far as, like, you bring one in, he red shirts, he has a, a, a an extra year, and then you're telling the guys, listen, you now have two years where it's going to be your show. We saw with Hinn and Hooker, it only takes two years, and you're going to get drafted. So, I mean, we saw that with Mac Jones at Alabama. Um, it only takes – Two, it really only takes one, but two years, and and you've you've proven you're an elite player. So Nico has two years. He's going to be the starter. Then he's gone. Um, Jake will have two years. He'll be the starter. Then he's gone. George McIntyre two years be the starter, and he's gone. So um, that's that's six years of success, offensive success that Tennessee will have stockpiled. And it's possible, and it's possible the guy that comes after George McIntyre is Madden Iamaliava. They really like Nico's younger brother. So, just an absolutely huge weekend recruiting wise for Tennessee. I mean, just huge, huge weekend. So, Um, Evan, Evan just said Alabama has their guy already. Evan, who would that be? Uh, so it's, I'm sure he's talking about DeBoer's offensive coordinator who's coming. No, he was talking about quarterbacks. Oh, quarterbacks. Okay. So if you're referring to the freshman that transferred with Washington, that still doesn't, no, no, there's, there's a freshman from Washington that redshirted this year that transferred with DeBoer and, and, uh, Grubb. Um, that still doesn't help you in the next class. And the next class is Julian Sayan, who as of this afternoon is enrolled at Ohio State. So you don't have a quarterback in the 24 class. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, Rusty said Ganey was awesome yesterday, made up for Sonny being on a bench for two fouls. I, I totally agree, man. We got in foul trouble late in the first half and other guys stepped up and we kept scoring even though our main scores were on the bench. And that, that's a good point. Um, Elijah said this next two to three weeks could be the best recruiting span in Hypel's time coaching here. Uh, I mean, I hope so. That'd be awesome. Absolutely awesome. Uh, it all depends on what happens with Michigan, in my opinion. Uh, does Harbaugh finally take the bait and go to the NFL? In which case, you got 30-day window where the national champs are all in the portal jumping ship. Um, that could be very interesting, uh, particularly for offensive line. You know, like Rustin said, we got to have a left guard. Well, I guarantee you there's a few fellas on the Michigan offensive line that they would be like, yeah, you can come play left guard. And um, who knows? Some of them may have a prior relationship with Brian Jean-Marie. That's very true. Uh, HC 14. Welcome buddy. He said, did you go to the Dalton Connect event at D one really wanted to go, but I felt sick this morning. So HD 14 is correct. Dalton Connect was in Chattanooga this, uh, this afternoon from 12 to two. I think it was uh, at D one sports here in Chattanooga. 
Uh, it was an autograph signing session, and he was going to play knockout with all of the kids who showed up. Uh, we unfortunately were not there, um, but I hope it was an awesome time for the um, for the guys who showed up. Our mom, who was in media here in Chattanooga for 40 years, she told us, she's like, y'all need to go over there. And we probably could have, and if he had a media session, we probably could have you know, gotten passes for it, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, maybe, maybe uh, this upcoming year we can get uh, some media passes for uh, games in Knoxville. We'll see what happens. Um, I think that we have an in with the baseball team now via Josh Mancuso because Tony Vitello loves Josh Mancuso. He thinks he is hilarious. Um, that video that they released last week, that's not the only one they're doing. They they have invited Josh to come back and continue to do um, uh, you know, games and stuff, or not games, but videos and stuff with the baseball team. So I don't know, maybe we can get in a media session there with, with Tony V. We'll see what happens. Um, Sam said, Coach Rick Barnes talked about how teams are going to play Dalton differently from this point forward. We're going to need other players to score the ball to loosen up the defense. No doubt. No doubt. Um, I mean, I mean, think about it. We've We've now shown in at least three, I can think of three off the top of my head, games within the last month and a half where at certain points in the game, it's like, okay, Dalton, it's your turn. And Zakai lets Dalton bring the ball to court. They set a high ball screen and say, go score. I mean, they know that's what we're doing in tough moments. That's how we're going to play. So they know. Rusty said we need to develop a new center next year. Uh, I agree totally, totally agree. I'm so thankful Cooper is coming back. I don't think anybody, and I don't think Rusty is, is you know, saying that either. I'm sure he's thankful Cooper's coming back. But we also know Cooper's not going to be back the year after that. <laughs> and so Rusty yeah. makes a great point. And he's a center. They get rolled up yeah. on. He's one play away. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, look at last year. He missed the first four games. Um, so, you know, I'm sure Nico is incredibly thankful Cooper's coming back next year because the center position is so important in Tennessee's offensive, making offensive checks and, and, you know, pass protections at the line. We saw Cooper doing that repeatedly last year. Um, that, that is a huge benefit for Tennessee, but they have to have somebody ready to step in behind him. They have to, because the next year at the latest Cooper's not going to be there. So they they got to have somebody develop this year. Um, Trustees Vol said Austin Price had a good interview today with uh, the new defensive line Jackson Moy. He said I think he's going to be a great talent too. I did think it was interesting that um, Rodney Garner tweeted out after Jackson Moy committed. He said we got a good one. That was weird. I don't think I've ever Rodney typically tweets out stuff and he normally like, yeah, go big orange. And he'll normally tweet out something like, uh, we'll need you there loud this weekend, Vol Nation. I don't think I've ever seen him tweet that out about a player. So that if, was interesting. If he does, it's usually like boom or something like that. Like yeah. he, he's not very complimentary when he talks about him. So it is weird that he would throw out a compliment. Uh, Rusty said Alabama's only recent incoming portal guys are Washington transfer 30 guys out the door. Yep. Uh, they got another guy tonight. I can't remember where from, but they got another guy tonight while we were I, on the air. I, 
I know Kalen DeBoer's record. I know that he has a good coaching staff. There's a part of me, though, that wonders, is this another Brian Harson scenario? Like, Yeah, that's fair. Regionality matters. And guys who spend their entire career in the Pacific Northwest, West Coast, who then try to come to the Deep South and, and coach the same way and talk to boosters the same way and just doesn't work out typically. Um, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I thought it was really smart by DeBoer to bring Nick Sheridan with him. Um, you know, Nick used to be the quarterback's coach at Tennessee. Um, he's been around the Southeast. He's, he can help. Um, I thought his defensive staff hires for the most part were, logical um convincing convincing Kane Womack to leave South Alabama to be his defensive coordinator was an absolute coup um Kane is a fantastic coach um he was fast tracking to be a power five head coach so I guess he felt like DC at Bama was a faster way to get there than head coach at South Alabama um but then he went out but then he went out and and hired Bo Linguist from Buffalo to be co-DC and it's like dude guys from Buffalo New York don't do very well in Tuscaloosa Alabama like what are you doing um so i don't, I don't know there's some weirdness around that program and I hope for my friends who are Bama fans that he works out, but it is reeking of Brian Harson right now. So Sam made a good point, and he's exactly right. Uh, he said having Hurd's cousin in this year's signing class had to help us land him. I totally agree. Uh, 100. It's just like Chris Brazell and his little brother's committed to Tennessee now. Yeah. Um, I totally agree with that. Uh, let's see. Rusty said, even though Junior Day was canceled, still had a few guys visit campus. GMAC was a game with hype. Well, that's right. A bunch of photos floating around the internet of that. Trustees have all said, I heard that, uh, you know, Lance Hurd was behind both tackles at LSU who were older than him. Not sure, though. You're right. Uh, sort he was competing. Of. Well, he was competing. When he got there, he was competing for a starting job, but he ultimately lost the job to two guys who were older than him. He sort of. So... Mac and Cube actually unpacked that about a month ago when he entered the portal. He lost the left tackle job. He refused to compete for the right tackle job. Wow, that's so, ridiculous. <clears throat> so told LSU's coaches he's not a right tackle and refused to compete for that job. Well, that's so, not right. That's why I say I, I'm going to reserve judgment on that one because I'm not convinced that's going to be a good good deal yeah uh, elijah said he watched the polynesian bowl jordan ross is a dog <laughs> that's what i'm talking about that's good to hear uh cassie said did tennessee get any of the bama transfers we need help with all of our portal defections on defense great question unfortunately no they did not uh the only few uh that have really announced so far have been to texas iowa actually um florida yep florida half of them went uh, to florida state yeah, Florida State was a major benefactor. They got a bunch of them. Um, Elijah said Jordan Ross should have been the defensive MVP in that bowl game. So he agreed with you. 
Daniel said, Hey, welcome, Daniel. Good to have you, buddy. He said they managed recruiting very well. Um, two weeks ago, you would have thought the sky was falling based on Twitter. Yes. Uh, I felt like Heard was in the bag when the, the other guy went elsewhere because you could tell that kid wanted to uh, play at Tennessee if he was a take. Um, yep, absolutely. Uh, Tri-Cities Vol said, agreed, Jordan Ross was a beast. They couldn't stop him. He contributes in 2024. I 100% agree. He will be on the field. Uh, like I said, we, we have six defensive edge rushers that are just going to make opposing offensives have nightmares. Um, when you think about the six guys we can put out there at the edge, you got obviously Jordan Ross, who we're talking about right now. Um, you got James Spears Jr., who will be a number, you know, first round draft pick the following season um, after this year. You got Joshua Josephs. You got uh, the Herring brother. Um, you got uh, Sean Davian Bradley. And who's the sixth one? I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting somebody. It was another signee, I think. Somebody help me out in the comments. I'm drawing a blank. I'm not sure. Yeah, there's six of them, and I can't think of who that sixth one is. But somebody help me out in the comments. Let me know who I'm forgetting. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Jamal Wallace. Jamal Wallace. There it is. Thank you. Yes. I knew it was a signing. Um, Which we yeah, don't know what in the world he's going to be. He's he's going to be fascinating to watch. He's going to be like Tyler Barron, I think. Uh, yeah. He's going to be fast enough to be an edge rusher, and they'll put him out there some. But he's also big enough that they'll be able to slide him inside if they want to. Be like a cheetah package kind of situation. Um, yeah. <clears throat> let's see. So Jamal Wallace was it. Thank you, HD14. I appreciate that. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Rusty said, every single outgoing balls transfers, 11 scholarship, two walk-ons, has landed in a new school with Baron Mincy and Turners committing last week. Uh, so Baron and um, Tamarian McDonald did originally commit to Ole Miss, and then both have now transferred to Louisville. There was so also within, a, so within the next three days, Brandon Turnage will be going to Louisville also. Correct. Yes, that is he's accurate. On the, he's on the clock. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Cassie said she was actually surprised at Brandon Turner's leaving. She said, I was his and Jalen Hyatt's recruit hostess when I was at UT. That's cool. Uh, so, Cassie, do you know Bailey Tumlin? Uh, let, let us know in the comments because uh, we know Bailey very well. Um, my wife and I both taught uh, their, her. Well, my wife taught Bailey. And I taught her sisters, and my wife has taught both her her sisters as well. So uh, let us know if you know Bailey. Uh, let's see. She said both those guys are good guys. Um, yeah. Papa Jay said we are now Polynesian. You that was I interesting so. today. Go ahead. I hope so. I would love. I think it was Wes Rucker that tweeted out tonight. Um, having a pipeline of Polynesians is a really good thing because they play crazy hard. They never ever get in trouble. And they are the most polite, respectful people. Um, they are a coach's dream. So having six, seven, eight, ten Polynesians on the roster can be a good thing. Yeah, it was interesting. Like they were saying that the players were saying that, like they want to create a pipeline, a Polynesian pipeline is what they called it. That was very interesting. 
Um, let's see. Evan said they aren't worried about quarterback right now. <laughs> okay. He said we're worried about defense. Oh, Evan. The portal will open up again anyway. It's did, still very early. Did that, did that philosophy start shortly after you lost the number one player in the 24 class to Ohio State? Well, that, I will. That win. I will say this. Um, Evan is correct. The portal is going to open very soon for probably two teams at least when yep. because Michigan's head coach, you know, Jim Harbaugh, he's gone. Uh at that point, probably Brian Kelly, and that's what Tri Cities Vol. He mentioned that as well. Brian Kelly to Michigan. We then we get LSU players. Um so I do think I do think that the portal will open. Oh yeah. However, there you have to be concerned about not having a quarterback in that class. Uh, Tennessee's head coach several years ago, uh, during the decade of dysfunction at Tennessee, uh, Tennessee had a whole recruiting class without a quarterback in it. That was not an effective strategy. Um, I can assure you that having lived through it. So I hope, you know, for their sake that that you don't want to go a year without a quarterback in your class. Um, let's see. HC 14 said, I know Nico is super good, but these people need to stop hyping him up this much. He's only played one game. I agree with you. Amen. I agree with you. Too much pressure. <laughs> Rusty. <laughs> he said the refs at corrupt arena. Uh, a corrupt, I guess that would be the better yep. arena are itching to whistle DK for two first half fouls. Here's before the, the first he media timeout. Play, here's the good news. He doesn't play defense tight enough to get fouls. So we don't have to worry about that. Um, yeah. Before the first media timeout is when those first two fouls will happen. Evan said, let's see what happens with Michigan. Lots of coaching changes. Absolutely. You're right. It's uh, the carousel is just starting. I love that Papa Jay is using the new terms because I don't even, is that even the, like the official term now? I don't even know. That's what we've been calling it. Every time you ask me, I say Zeet. All right. Well, there you go. Um, I'm still saying tweets. I'm stuck in my, my, my ways, I guess. But he said, uh, if Rodney Zeet's out something, then take it to the bank. Absolutely. If I say totally it enough, agree. Elon's eventually going to have to pay me for it. Like, <laughs> like I want numerous documented records of saying Zeet. <laughs> Evan said Harson problems have crossed his mind too. He said if we go nine and three, I'm happy. Um man, that's times have changed in Bama, haven't they, Evan? Um I appreciate your perspective on that. I think you've got a good perspective on it. Unfortunately, I think there's a lot of your fellow yeah. Bama fans who will not share that sentiment. Yeah, that but I, I do agree with your shared. perspective. They were calling for Saban to get fired when he was 10 and 2. Like, <laughs> rationality does not go hand in hand. Uh, let's see. Rusty is talking about the, the guy who announced tonight from Washington who was coming to uh, Alabama. So Jeremy Bernard's a good get. Um, he's got a little Debo Samuel in him, does a lot of stuff, can play running back, can play wide receiver. Um, 
big catch radius, big time player. Um, he got injured right before the playoffs. And so he was a little limited during the playoffs and it really hurt him. They needed him badly. Um, so he, he will help. He's a good get. So Eric asked a really good question. He said, having arrested if for some reason, George McIntyre ends up not choosing Tennessee tomorrow. Do you think Ochapo goes after Madden, Iamaleava, Nico's old brother, even harder or more? So they are both in the same class. They're both 2025 quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I think definitely they would start going after him harder then, but they like him a lot now as it is. Um, yeah. I, I think, mean, I think he's a stash and grab kid. Um, if they, if for some reason they don't get McIntyre, which they're getting McIntyre. Um, but if for some reason they didn't, they would absolutely take Madden. Um, but I think what will probably happen is they will send him somewhere else intentionally and make some behind-the-scenes deals that, hey, you got this kid for two, maybe three years, and then we're bringing him back. Um, yeah, possibly. So, you know, that's the new NIL transfer portal era dealings that go on. Um, don't be surprised at all if you see Madden Iamaliava go to a school that has a surprising connection to Josh Heupel. Yeah. Uh, Papa Jay, thank you so much for that super chat, man. We really do appreciate that. You're the man. Thank you so much. He said, here's another 100-plus episodes. That's right. We're at 101 now, baby. 101 episodes right here. That's what I'm talking about. Um, Cassie said, I graduated in 2022. When was Bailey at UT? So she would have been there the same time. Uh, she now works in the athletic office. Um, we actually tried to get her on the show, but the athletic office wouldn't let her join our show, <laughs> uh, because she works in the recruiting office. And so they were, you know, concerned that what if something accidentally slipped that didn't mean to, um, but she works in the recruiting office right now. She was, she worked as a hostess, uh, probably in 2021, 2020. Cassie just like commented that. further down. She figured out who she was. Uh, yep. She's recruiting LCT. Yep. That's exactly right. Yep. That's exactly right. Cassie, I think it would be fascinating to have you on our show to hear. I'm sure you have many stories about players coming in and stuff. So that'd be, that'd be fascinating as well. Uh, let's see. We left off with. Daniel said, uh, Madden oh, Sam. Too. Oh, okay. Sam was also commenting. Uh, he said that, you know, Bama transfers also went to Ohio State. And Rusty corrected me. Thank you, Rusty. I just combined corrected and Rusty into Rusty. Um, thank you, Rusty, for correcting me. Uh, he's exactly right. We got Kitzelman, the tight end from Alabama, who transferred to Tennessee. But so she asked about them. But she asked about specifically defense. We haven't, yeah, we haven't had anybody transfer defensively. Uh <laughs> In regards Bama. to the people from Ole Miss transferring to Louisville, Daniel said Kiffin's check bounced. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. Sam said, I don't believe we're going to miss Tyler Barron due to the young talent on this team. I totally agree. I mean, he, you're, I agree. He was a great player. But, man, you got those six edge rushers that we were talking about earlier. <sighs> quarterbacks are not going to like playing the balls, opposing quarterbacks, that's for sure. Um. And you know what? To that to that point, our offensive line 
is going to be battle tested before they even step on the field first game because they're yeah. going to be going up against one of the best D lines, at least best quarterback rushing D lines in the SEC. So I mean, the, the fact that we're saying that that is a positive thing for Tennessee's outlook for 2024. Um. Uh, yes, that is correct. Tracy's all said was it Dooley that didn't get a single offensive lineman one year? That is, it was his last year actually. Again, not um, a not a ideal recruiting philosophy. Agreed. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I mean, it was his last year for a reason, right? <laughs> um, Sam said, "I'm not sure anyone knows who's going to be a part of their team with a transfer portal opening again after spring." Spot on, Sam. You are not exactly correct. Well, okay. So I'll go back to what Eli Drinkwitz said in an interview on the radio. Uh, so. It was interesting the night that Nick Saban retired. We mentioned this on the show a couple, about a week or so ago. The night that Nick Saban retired, Eli Drinkwitz was live on the air um, when he got the news that he retired. And so the video was circulating of, of Eli's reaction to hearing the news. And the guys that were interviewing him asked him, he's like, okay, so now that we have this news, how do you think that's going to impact the SEC next year? And Eli Drinkwitz said, he said, it cracks me up. It, we're, it's in January and people are asking me about next year. He's like, I don't even know who's going to be on my roster next year. <laughs> so the fact that he was admitting publicly, like, I don't even know who's going to be on my roster. I mean, that just shows you, man. With the um, amount of coaching carousel that's still going to happen and then add on top of that a whole nother portal timeline, there's going to be a lot of really good players for the next several months in the portal. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, and I said this earlier and I hope it doesn't happen, but it very well might. The guys who transferred to Tennessee this off season, which I think we're probably up to like six or seven, at least now uh, transfers who have come in this, I think six is the number that have no seven Jackson was the seventh. I think um, the guys, those seven guys, Several of them were wearing Tennessee jerseys on the sidelines at the Citrus Bowl. It is, I mean, I, I hate to say this, but it is totally possible that not a there would be one of those guys who never steps foot on Neyland Stadium's field, Sheila Watkins Field, Neyland Stadium, because yeah. they have a they have a free pass this next year. They know that if they enroll at a school before August. Dude, they could enroll in three different schools between now and August, and they get a free pass for next year. It's open season. You can have a, you can transfer as many times as you want between now and August, and you still get to play this upcoming season. So wherever that school is that you're at in August, so I mean, I would, I hope, I hope all these guys stay. I really do, but it is very possible that they get into spring practice, things don't go the way they thought they were going to go. And they end up, they end up in that window opening after spring practice. And they're like, all right, I'm out. This wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And they leave and try to find greener pastures. That's a possibility. I hope it doesn't happen, but it is a possibility. Um, Evan said Alabama had a good run. I think that is understatement of the century, Evan. (laughs) You all had an incredible 17 year run. Incredible, especially the last 16 years. Um, hey, I like the way Daniel's thinking. 
He said, we'll send Madden Iamaleava to USF for a couple of years. I love that, baby. I think that's a great idea. Oh, man, I love that. Um, Eric said, thank you. I wondered why they, they hadn't gone after Madden harder. But I guess after they, they just must like McIntyre's game better. Yep. Um, yes, you're exactly right. Baylor Ray Tumlin. That's who it is, Cassie. Um, Tri-Cities have all said Madden to UCF. That could happen, too. There's definitely still predictions or not predictions, connections there. Um, HD14 said, if you if you had to make a prediction on who will be in the SEC championship next year, who would it be? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Too early. Man, I wish I, I wish I could say, but, I mean, that's the thing. Like, we really – nobody knows. Even their own coaches don't know who's going to be on their teams next year. So, I think it, it, it's going to be really difficult to make any kind of predictions – really until June and maybe not even then. Um, but at least after that spring window closes, then you kind of have a better idea of, of who's going to be, you know, on your team. So I'd say we have to wait till at least June to make that call. But I will say Texas is just getting richer. I mean, they're just, they're stockpiling talent, talent left and right. So Evan said Texas and Georgia. I think that's probably a really good. So is Ohio prediction. State. It came out today that so far this year, Ohio State is Ohio State has spent thirteen million dollars in NIL. Dang. Well, on their was, current roster. HC uh, fourteen was so about the national championship that would include Ohio State. He was specifically asking for the SEC championship. Sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think Texas and Georgia is a safe bet for sure. Um. Uh, so Rusty, hey, thanks, man. You answered my question. He said we actually have nine total transfers. One is an inside linebacker walking on from Wofford. So thank you. I appreciate that. That's very helpful. Um, he said all Miss and Missouri really have nice schedules. That, sure, absolutely. Um, Sam said I think spring practice is being reduced to skills development to avoid players transferring. You know, man, that's mm, that's really intriguing. <sighs> that's true. That that's very intriguing, and I could see teams doing that on purpose. Uh, I've heard that Tennessee's not going to have a spring game this year. I don't know if that's been. I don't think it has been confirmed by the athletic department, but there are rumors that they're not going to due to stadium upgrades. They're going to be doing this this spring, this whole off season, um, and you know that could be a way to get out of. I mean, you got to put, you got to install some stuff. But I don't know, man. That's that's very intriguing because defensively, you're not going to install anything that's going to matter in August. They're, half of them are going to forget it by the time you get to August. Offensively, everything you do is basically zone read based. So you're just basically running bang it, bend it, bounce it all day long and working on cuts. The receivers all just run whatever route the read gives them. So all you all you do there is just keep working on reading the route coverage and where to break it off. <coughs> I'm not so sure you have to install anything. I think you can just go out there and work on skills. BC14 said at this rate, Bama's game will be a seven on seven. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> 
that's the best comment of the night right there. <laughs> um Evan Myrick said average blue buds are spending 10 million a year on rosters. No doubt, man. We gave eight to Nico. Yeah. Um, I let's see. I'm not convinced that's true. Uh because let's go ahead. That's part of the reason why Ole Miss has guys transferring in and then immediately transferring out because yeah. they're being told one thing and then getting there and finding out it's not true. Um, A&M apparently had the same issue. A lot of the guys who are leaving A&M are telling all about their NIL deals that never materialized. So I think a lot of those numbers are talk and not actual dollars. Yep. Um, Evan said, we'll all miss it in the true blue bud. And I, I agree with that. I understand that. Um, let's see. Rusty made a good point too. He's like, not only if you eliminate the, the, the team portion elements of spring practice and make it more primarily skill development and stuff, you also reduce injuries to your starters. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Um, Tri-Cities have all asked, do y'all think people that allow players to transfer multiple times really understand the impact on their team? I think we're about to find out next year. I think people will find out then because that's when we're written. Y'all, this next year is going to be crazy um, because there is a one-year waiver for everybody. You can transfer how many times you want, and there's a, a multi-time waiver transfer this season. The big question is going to be after this season, is there going to be, man, there's going to be so many lawyers getting involved. But I guarantee there's going to be coaches all over the country saying, please get rid of that rule. Make it just one year and done. And then there's going to be all these lawyers getting involved with big time donors. Um, like I'm talking like big, big time donors uh, who want, you know, essentially free agency every year for their football teams. They're going to be getting involved trying to get that that rule to stick. And if that's the case, man, every single year, the, the transfer portal is just going to be bonkers. Uh, so that's a really good question. I, I don't think anybody knows the impact until after this next season. And that'll be really the first taste of having a true f- free-for-all, which is what it is currently with the one-time waiver. I mean – We'll really find out after this. Uh, Daniel has asked a really good question. Unfortunately, I don't know the answer to it, but I'm curious as well. Uh, he said, I'm, "He said I was going to say something about the 13 million. Do y'all have any idea what we sent to, to players? I'm a member of the Vault Club, but it's a little frustrating not knowing a ballpark of the financials. What do y'all think realistically that UT is spending? Great question. I don't, I don't think we're ever going to know that answer. Um, you know because there's a lot of variables at play. The first one being title nine. Um, you know, when, when the vol club or other collectives have to create NIL packages for teams, they have to take into account title nine and they have to make sure that they're creating equal packages, not so much in dollar amount, but in number for the women's athletic programs as well. Um, you know, I'll give you a great example. Every, softball player at Michigan State University gets an NIL package of $7,500 a year. So, and no more and no less. Everybody gets the same amount. So you can look right now, they carry 25 
girls. So that means NIL for softball at Michigan State is $187,500 a year. Okay, that's that's their NIL program. Um, Mac and Cube talk about this all the time. It, it's it's always amazing to me what what they're able to find out. Um, they go they like to go back to the year that NIL started, and Bryce Young was the quarterback at Alabama, and they always give this figure. They always say Bryce Young made slightly over $1 million that year. The entire rest of the Alabama roster combined made less than a million. Okay. So when you hear numbers like that and you hear people going, oh, Ohio State's paying 13 million, you know, who knows if that's even accurate? Um, I don't think we're ever going to know what those real numbers are because they need it to be vague so it can be fluid. You know, if Tony Vitello called the Vol Club tomorrow and said, hey, the number one college pitcher in America just called me and he is ticked off and he's ready to transfer, all of a sudden they got to scramble and put a package together. And that's probably not a package they're going to talk out loud about. For sure. So, you know, for a lot of reasons. So I think that number is always fluid. I think it's always going to fluctuate. I don't think it's ever going to be as high as people believe it is. Um, For one reason, I'm a professional fundraiser. There's only so much money out there. And, you know, some of these people who are saying they're spending X number of dollars a year, I hope you win the next couple of years because that money's going to run out. Like there's only so much people can give. Um, Tri-Cities Vol just said 13 million, probably spread out over four years. They're actually not allowed to put timelines on it anymore. Um, it is, it is an annual contract because again, there's something the player has to do for that money. You know, they have to show up at D one and sign autographs and play knockout yesterday. Um, you know, they have to, they have to go to Dick's house of, you know, sport in Knoxville and sign autographs for two hours on a Saturday. Like there's things they have to do for it. So they're not allowed to put years on the contract anymore. It's an annual contract. So, you know, it, it's, it's the wild west and, and it's intentionally vague and you're probably never, ever going to hear legitimate numbers. Um, a couple of the, the comments came through there. It's, uh, Sam said, if it comes down to straight up NIL dollars, nobody in the SEC will be able to compete with Texas. I totally agree with him. Absolutely. You know what's interesting? You would think that same thing to be true about Texas A&M because there's just as much oil money as at A&M as there is at Texas. But all these players are coming forward and saying that they were lied to and that they didn't get anything near what they were promised. And it's like, okay, well, if anybody could have paid what was being promised, A&M absolutely should have been able to. Um, like I said... There's only so much money. Sam said NIL is okay. Unlimited transfers will kill the game. Yeah. Uh, that's fair take. Absolutely. Um, Evan said at this point in bias here, I hope Saban gets a crew to help fix a lot of these issues in college football thoughts. I mean, if I would say this, if there is a guy that they would 
and trust to lead the charge on that, it would be Nick Saban. Um, I think that that if there is a person who people would look to to say, hey, help us fix this, I would say he would be the guy that they they look to. Um, I think we're three years away from a power two with a revenue sharing model. Very well could happen. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. HT14 said, when do you think Tennessee will start being big title contenders? Uh, so here's my here's my answer to that. And Rustin, you can correct me if you feel like I'm wrong. <laughs> you got 10 teams comfortably. Really nine. But we know, we know for a fact that the top 12 teams will not be in the college football playoff next year. We know that because they're reserving one spot for the highest ranked group of five or how many groups or group of six, or whatever it is next year. So the, this year would have been Liberty. We saw what happened to Liberty when they played Oregon. Um, at the most, you're looking at <coughs> the top 11 teams, but even then you're not guaranteed that because if there's an upset in a, in a, one of the power four conference national or not, excuse me, not national conference championship games. And that's an automatic bid to the playoff. So you can have one stolen there. So really you have to be in the top 10 in order to be comfortably making the playoff really in the top nine, in case there's two upsets in conference championship games. Will Tennessee be in the top 10 next year at the end of the year? I think they will. And so because of that, all you have to do is get in the playoff. That's it. If you're in the playoff, you got a shot. So when do I think they'll be title contenders? Next year. Because I think they'll be in the playoff. And if you're in the playoff, then you're contending for the title. That, that would be my answer to that. What do you think, Rustin? Same answer as the last question. I think they got to do it over the next three years. Um, I think when that big two happens and revenue sharing happens, it's going to be the great equalizer. And, um, you know, all of a sudden there's going to be insane parity at the top. And with the exception of Vandy and purple Vandy, everybody's going to be equal. Um, you know, Vandy and purple Vandy will never compete at that level. Um, but everybody else will because everybody else have the same amount of revenue sharing. So everybody's money will be same. Um, For so, anybody who may not know who Rustin's referring to, Purple Vandy is Northwestern. Yeah. Um, so, you know, those are the only two teams that won't compete and everybody else will have equal money. So it, it, it'll be the great equalizer. Um, so I think you gotta, you've got to make that move over the next three years because once that revenue sharing model starts, every year is going to be a coin toss. Well, and like we've said multiple times, when you look at Tennessee's roster, it needs to be next year. I mean, like there, there's no denying that. I mean, my goodness, we were talking about the offensive line earlier and you've got three, what, 23-year-olds or 24-year-olds mm -hmm. uh, starting on the offensive line. Uh, you'll have a wide receiver room that is probably, no, not probably, that will be the deepest wide receiver room in the SEC. Uh, you'll have a running back room that is very, very good. And people say, oh, we lost Jalen Wright and we lost Jabari Small. Yeah, I know. 
but you should see the four dudes coming right behind him. I mean, like, yeah. five, five dudes coming right behind him. Um, I mean, it is a plethora of riches offensively for Tennessee right now. If they're defensive secondary, they're going to be okay at linebacker. Uh, they're going to be uh, definitely okay on defensive line. Um, if they're, and I say okay at linebacker, assuming Keenan Peely and or Arion Carter both stay healthy the whole year. Um, it's the defensive secondary. If if they can play well, then Tennessee has a shot in every single game they play. Um, I think Rusty just hit the nail on the head. He said your team needs to be in the top ten, and he said if Tennessee can win one of these three games, Oklahoma, Alabama, and Georgia, that means they get to 10 and two, they're in the playoff. And I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, I totally agree with that. I, you know, I think Tennessee goes 10 and two next year. I think there is a chance they could get to 11 and one if Alabama, because Alabama has to come to kneeling. So depending on how that's going for them, maybe Tennessee, you know, makes a run right there. Um, and you know, I don't like the fact that we have to go to Georgia. That's not good. But um, so I think 11 and one is a distinct possibility. Definitely 10 and two. If they go 10 and two, then they're in the playoff. That's just the the reality of the situation. Uh, Let's see here. HD 14 said, I want Tennessee to play on Miss so bad so we can get revenge. (laughs) Um, I mean, you know, uh, our trustees have all said our defensive line makes our secondary look better next year. I think I agree. I like how physical we went out and got the guys, the guys we're going and signing at DB are all rough dudes. Like they're, they're guys who like to get up, play bump and run coverage, punch you in the mouth, come hit you. I, I like that. We've made a concerted effort to go find physicality. So I'm going to be unlike any other Tennessee fan ever. And I'm going to totally overreact based solely on one play in one game. Um, fourth quarter citrus bowl john slaughter comes up from the safety mm-hmm. spot <laughs> like a like a bullet man like a rocket just fly like on the screen it's like here's the play happening all of a sudden dude comes flying in to make a hit out of nowhere and he oh man he sold me in that one play i'm like put that guy on the field let's see him go hit some folks uh you get him and t lander back you know as a linebacker back there they'll be they're not afraid of contact so um I was I was pumped when I saw that. Uh, let's see. Daniel said, glad to see the article about Brew this week. Seems to be doing great with his recovery. Hope he balls out this season and the injury doesn't haunt him this season. Yeah, I totally agree, 100%. Uh, yeah. Wish nothing but the best for him, for his future, if for nothing else. I mean, you know, hope he becomes a second or third round draft. I don't think Brew will ever be a first round draft pick, but I think he could definitely be a second or third round draft pick. So I hope he becomes that this year. Uh, Rusty said, if Ole Miss can beat Georgia, they're going to Atlanta. That's Yeah, probably so. They have a very favorable schedule. Um, well, this has been a lot of fun. Man, it's, it's already 1047. I didn't even realize it. Time flies when you're having fun, man. So we really do appreciate everybody joining us tonight. Uh, this Thursday, we'll be live again, uh, probably previewing the the game on Saturday. And, I, and I've got a little idea for thursday we haven't done it yet uh last year we did a show where we ranked our top five plays from um the previous season which last so in january we did january 
last January we did the previous, you get what I'm saying. Um, so we, we, we need to do our top five plays of this year's 2023 football season. But so Jalen, Hyatt, Jalen Hyde didn't score five touchdowns this year. I'm not sure yeah, what no, I would I do. I don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> um, so since there's not a basketball game between now and then, I think Thursday would probably be a good night to do that. Okay. And then next Sunday, Reed Carringer will be joining us for his monthly appearance with us. So we're super excited about that. Um, so a lot, a lot of good fun things coming up. Um, Sam said, I like our linebackers having another year to physically build up and learn the system. Totally agree. 100%. Um, let's see. Daniel said, Hey guys, one last thing. Are y'all scheduling the lives? For some reason, I'm not getting notifications anymore. Maybe just me though. Um, yeah, I don't know, buddy. Typically I schedule them like today. I scheduled it at about like one 30 in the afternoon. Um, so I, I mean, not nine, nine times out of 10, I do, um, there, it may be every once in a while I might forget and like an hour before I'm like, Oh, I got to go schedule. <laughs> um, it's always but, Thursday, Sunday. Yeah. Thursday, Sunday, nine o'clock Eastern every week, Thursday, Sunday. Uh, that's, that's the times. Um, so we appreciate you joining us, man. We really do. I uh, trust these have all said great show guys as always good night. Hey, we appreciate that so much. Uh, we enjoy, we enjoy this. We love having you guys on with us. Uh, we had a good crowd with us tonight. That was awesome. Uh, so we appreciate all of you so much. Um, uh, hope everybody has a great week ahead of you. Hopefully everybody, uh, hopefully it warms up a little bit and that the ground thaws out and we can see the ground again out from under all the snow and ice. So I uh, hope everybody have a great, great evening and, uh, we will talk to you all in just a few days. Go Vols, baby. <laughs>